0: Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Roggio. I'm a senior fellow at Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor of FDD's Long War Journal. This is Generation Jihad, the podcast that covers all things in what used to be known as the global war on terror, but we now call the Long War. Today, we have another update on the situation in Israel and Gaza and in the wider region. Of course, my friend and colleague, Joe Truesman, who's a research analyst at FDD's Long War Journal. He's here to join me and we're going to talk things over. Joe, welcome back to Generation Jihad. Hey, Bill. How are you? Great, Joe. I don't even think it's a welcome back. I think you're just a you're just a regular now, right? Yeah, yeah, getting, getting into so the sense
1: groove? Sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been in the groove for uh, what, almost a month now. I cannot believe I'm saying that. Almost a month that this has been going on. It's like it happened just like last week. That's the way I like I feel, but yeah, it's almost been a month of this yeah we're we're six
0: days short, right of, a, yeah. of a yeah. well, this one's going to be a long war, too, folks. I don't think you're going to see this one wrap itself up in one to two months like previous conflicts. Joe, let's dive right into it. It looks like that ground offensive into Gaza is indeed underway. May not be rolling out like people had expected, uh, you know, in force, but Israeli troops, from what I could tell, are holding ground, like in the northwestern corner, as well as areas in the north. And it does appear they've penetrated along that, what would they call it, the Wadi Gaza is what it was Wadi called, Gaza, right?
1: of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sort of about the northern third to half of Gaza. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we spotted Israeli troops there as well, correct? They,
1: they seem to be holding yeah. There's reports. So, of course, it's fog of war. So, you know, some reports are not reliable. It's tough to say. But yeah, yeah, let's talk. Uh, so what's going on on the ground? So the last few days, definitely getting increasing reports, not only from the IDF, but from Palestinian armed groups, that there's an increase in fighting, okay, in certain areas of the northern Gaza Strip. So it keeps uh, moving south, at least from these reports, right, if you if you believe the reports. So, and I think it is happening Hamas and other armed groups are fighting Israeli troops on the ground with tanks. The Israeli troops have the tanks, of course, but there has also been casualties, at least on the Israeli side, 15 right now, give or take. I think it's about 15 Israeli troops that have been killed in Gaza in the last few days. Some of it has been due to Hamas anti-tank fire. I think there was a Namir APC that was hit, I think it was yesterday morning, and it had a crew of nine, I believe. The assaults on the ground by the IDF against the Palestinian armed groups is continuing and is increasing, and it will definitely increase as the days go on, as the weeks go by. This is a long one for sure, especially once you start getting into those cities, right? Because right now, the IDF is really, really focused on Gaza City. Gaza City, the way the IDF has described it, it's a hub of terrorism. Hamas is deeply embedded in Islamic Jihad and other Palestinian armed groups, so it's very important for them to get in there and root out or destroy armed groups. That's the goal right now, at least from the IDF's perspective. I do want to touch on something I've heard over the last few days. I attend IDF conference calls, all right. So they have conference calls with reporters and they update people, they update the journalists. So what's going on on the ground, so on and so forth, everything regarding the war, right? And the big thing that I've noticed the last few days or the main message is that the IDF or Israel didn't start this war. I keep hearing that over and over from them. And it's true, right? They didn't start this war. There was a ceasefire before this. Hamas was receiving aid through Qatar to essentially keep the border quiet. This is, of course, all before October 7. It was Hamas that broke the ceasefire. So this is what the IDF keeps repeating over and over. Of course, there's other things as well, but that's something I wanted to note. But right now, yeah, that's the latest I could say about what's happening in Gaza on the ground.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And they have to repeat this, the IDF, the Israeli government, because If you just tuned in today, you would think, oh, the Israelis just decided to launch a war in Gaza, but that's not how this started. I I really don't think many people, particularly those on the lean towards the Hamas side of this fight, really understand how little the Israelis want to actually put boots on the ground into Gaza. Um, They left it in 2005 in the hopes that it would lead to some, you know, I don't think they they, uh, were... Uh, I don't think the Israelis believed that it would go well but they they gave it a shot and I think they actually had to give this a shot to show the world you know but it just seems that every time they turn the corner Hamas is provoking and it's because Hamas isn't looking for coexistence Hamas is looking you know from the river to the sea Palestine shall be free that's their that's their motto. That's the motto of the Palestinian, whatever you want to call it, the resistance. They don't want to coexist with the Israeli state, and this is the result of it. And it really is uh, frustrating to watch the coverage of this conflict, as if you know you would think the Israelis are just interested in dropping bombs on a city, and it, it all happened in a vacuum, and it's, it's just not the case.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a lot of—I mean, we've talked about this before on previous podcasts, how there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, all sorts of stuff, uh, especially on social media. So and in mainstream media too, unfortunately. So uh, I mean we saw it with uh the the bombing of a hospital in Gaza uh a couple of weeks ago now, where everybody blamed Israel for it, uh initially blamed Israel, but uh it was it was an Islamic jihad rocket that um that fell short. So uh but uh it's stuff like that. And You know, somebody, I've been, I've been tracking armed groups, Palestinian armed groups specifically for years now. I've been following this conflict for even longer and I used to see all these, I don't know, these, these voices uh, in the media or on social media, whatever, wherever you get your information, just talking about stuff they have. I don't know that they don't, they don't really understand. Right. So, and then it just, it's just all wrong so but people believe it right so and then that's how this bad information spreads so I'm seeing a lot of it so uh it's tough to find uh voices that that are uh that you can trust in this uh in this conflict right and you can say that with other conflicts uh, russia ukraine for example right so uh so yeah I, I, it's difficult so um it's a big mess that's all this is really it's it's horrible uh i i
0: just don't know what else to say about it really yeah, the Israelis, you know, it's, they're, they're fighting a losing battle in that propaganda war. Um, when I say propaganda, you know, the messaging war, the media narrative and whatnot. And you're right. I mean, you know, look, I, I think it's, I, you're probably being a, a little kind, Joe, because you're a very kind individual. Some of these people do know exactly what's happening and they lie about it anyway. And, um, you know, so, you know, that's the either the misinformation or the disinformation, you know, one's malicious and one's out of ignorance. And um, it either way, a lot of people get the wrong message and and don't understand the nature of these conflicts. And, um, you know, look, I mean, trying to look at both sides of this conflict, you know, it's different. What what is to be done? would the palestinians certainly want to have a state right or or do they or do they want to have their state be the entirety of israel right they they certainly have a legitimate claim to wanting something um but the destruction of the israeli state that just isn't an option here and this is you know so the 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 failure to compromise the sa- the failure of the palestinians in gaza to take the opportunity to build something, to show the world that they can be a peaceful neighbor to Israel. And maybe that would help think settle things out into, into the West Bank, into the future. But instead, you know, what I've seen over in my time is that they, they you know, they got an inch, took a mile, and just keep waging war on Israel. Yeah. Um, you
1: no. Know, the last thing I'll say is just on that subject is that the way I see it is that Palestinians, especially the ones in specifically Gaza and the West Bank, they're, even though they technically do have leaders, you know, Hamas is, governs Gaza. And then you have the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. The way I see it, they're leaderless. They're, I mean, either you have Gaza, who's led by a terrorist organization and a bunch of other terrorist organizations, or you have uh, Mahmoud Abbas in the West Bank, who is a corrupt leader. And uh, isn't uh, has lost a lot of power over the years, or rather influence, rather uh, over over the citizens he's supposedly governed. So, and that's why we're seeing this spike in one of the reasons why we're seeing a huge spike in violence in the West Bank over the last two and a half years. Uh, so, this that's just the way I see it. They're leaderless. They don't they don't have a leader that wants that can unite all the Palestinians. They don't have a leader that can that wants peace with Israel. Right. So, let's just I think. One of the problems that we're seeing here in this conflict overall. So, but anyways, it's that's uh, we can talk about this for an entire uh podcast, but but yeah, but
0: anyway, so that's at least my two cents. No, that's uh, you know, we certainly got a little past the tactical, but uh, it's okay, it's our it's our show, we could do it. Um, Joe, before we turn to the north, um, are are we seeing the um, have the Israelis. Com- completely isolated the northern half or northern third of gaza or are there's palestinians still able to move south as far as you could tell again i know this is really difficult based on the information out there um i'm just curious as what your what your take is on that
1: yeah i think they are uh it's hard to say all right um i'm more concerned about um tunnels uh as far as no Hamas tunnels and obviously so that they're still hiding that haven't been found that are that Israeli troops will pass by all right and then what will happen is that Hamas will come out and attack them from behind okay so and that's happened before for sure especially in 2014 during the 2014 Gaza war so I, I can't I can't comment as far as you know uh if people are still able to move south after the israelis have already taken over an area i'm assuming so but i haven't seen direct evidence i don't recall the idea of talking about it either so i can't say for sure on that question
0: yeah my sense is it hasn't been completely isolated and and you um actually anticipated my question too have the have the israelis um started to tackle the tunnel networks any indication of that at the moment uh
1: yeah yes they definitely have they've talked about it um Actually, uh, let's see. So it was either yesterday or the day before, forgive me. Again, we have this problem about the days just, you know, melting melting together, right? So, uh, but it happened in Jabalia. There was an airstrike, an IDF airstrike against a command center underneath, or in a tunnel system underneath uh, Jabalia, and that was destroyed. So uh, there was a important commander in there I forget his name forgive me uh but uh dozens of other Hamas fighters were allegedly killed in that airstrike against the tunnel so uh so yeah the IDF is definitely tackling tackling the tunnels because tunnels for Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad and all the other groups involved are a strategic weapon it's one of the it's if not the most important uh weapon they have it, it's it's up there basically so um so it's it's very important, but there's from reports there's hundreds of kilometers of tunnels underneath Gaza. So uh, so it's going to take a long time. It's more than just three weeks or four weeks, right? So they're, they're definitely tackling the issue. Absolutely,
0: yeah. That's one of the big reasons why you and I have been saying for some time this is not going to be a you know three week war or even a three month war. There's a lot to bite off here between the population, the urban environment, the weapons that Hamas has accumulated over time, the tunnel networks, you know, you put all this together and you have a very complex problem that just can't be, I'm starting to see reports or not reports, but people writing articles saying, oh, we should do do, advising the Israelis to do this uh, surgically, limited raids and airstrikes and And this is exactly, you know, this is exactly what got Israel into this problem. I think it's a, you know, a combination of not understanding the nature of the enemy, but people that are making those recommendations and sort of a desire not to get in on the ground and get get their hands dirty with a real fight. Because as you noted, I mean, just with limited operations, um, the Israelis have already lost 15 soldiers. I saw somewhere that since the war began, somewhere, this was might have been a couple of days ago, but the number they gave was three hundred and fifteen Israeli troops killed in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I imagine a couple of hundred of them were very likely on the opening day. Yeah. October seventh, eighth, 9th, or day opening days. Um, but still that's that's a significant um amount of casualties. And the IDF is very likely to take more. Um, that number could easily double or triple as this operation. Um, not trying to be a doomist or 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 get people depressed but that's we're looking at a very complicated operation and, and a lot of these troops do are reservists now it's going to be it'll be interesting to see who gets put on the front line who's clearing the tunnels if they're even cleared um who's you know going into the buildings and whatnot but you know that's that's what the Israelis are facing here it's, it's a 140 square mile city with some you know some fields and what interspersed that you noted you know, hundreds of kilometers of, tidal, of tunnels. It's a it's a real real nightmare. Let's take a look at the um up up north. Joe, you know? every time we've done an update up on the north, it seems to be more of the same. This sort of slow burn of uh Hezbollah and Hamas and PRC attacks on Israeli armor or Israeli outposts. Um Have we seen anything else develop in the north, or are we are we Still in that holding pattern, again, it's it's more active than normal, but not you know Hezbollah and, and company aren't going full tilt right now, or is that has that changed in, since we spoke last?
1: right um, no, definitely still the same. Uh, same attacks, you know the hezbollah has has resorted to just uh, these type of strikes where they're shooting guided missiles at uh, IDF posts that have especially the communication towers. They're really, really uh, attacking those. I say that because they keep publishing videos of attacking IDF posts, specifically the communications towers. So, um, And it's, it's kind of interesting because people are making, at least online, it's amusing that they're making fun of Hezbollah for only for attacking these communications posts instead of focusing on actual Israeli soldiers. Don't get me wrong. They are attacking Israeli soldiers when they have the opportunity, but I don't... I don't think the opportunity is being the IDF is allowing uh, or presenting an opportunity for Hezbollah to attack IDF soldiers, right? Cause they understand IDF no, understands where, where they're vulnerable as far as, you know, uh, stationing their tanks or troops along their border. Yeah. There are some places where uh, Hezbollah has been able to successfully uh, attack Israeli soldiers and kill them over the last, uh, since the October 7th uh, war, war began. So, but yeah, in the last few days, it's still just you know it's simmering. Also, something that may be important. We'll see, because we that Hassan Asrallah, who is the chief of Hezbollah, the general secretary or uh, secretary general, I'm sorry, is going to uh make a speech uh in honor of uh the martyrs on the road to Jerusalem. And during the the martyrs on the road to Jerusalem, because that's the official slogan that they have uh co-opted or uh co-opted for this uh for this I guess you could say this conflict between uh with Israel. So so when some a member of Hezbollah dies, they put out a statement and he died on the road as a martyr on the road to Jerusalem. This is with uh a member of Hezbollah that's been killed uh fighting Israel in the last few weeks. They won't get any other information of course. They won't say how he died or that the Israelis killed him, but they'll say you know, he died on the road to Jerusalem. It's because he was fighting Israel. So, so the speech is expected on Friday. Uh, that's what's scheduled for. So we'll see, see what he says, right? Because Nasrallah is very good at, you know, the the violent thing, uh, violent rhetoric. Uh, so, so I think a lot of people will be watching, want to listen to what he says, uh, and if you know if he's going to make some type of declaration, I don't know, but. At least uh, one thing I know for sure, the Hezbollah propaganda machine, uh, that's uh, very, I guess it's, um, you see a lot of it online. It's been pumping up this the speech for the last couple of days since it was announced. So we'll see. I don't know what he's going to say. Of course, we don't know. So, you know, in our next podcast, maybe, or maybe next week, we can, we can uh,
0: go into that a little further once we know what he says. Yeah, we'll definitely break that down. I've I've seen some of these videos. I'm glad you brought up Nasrallah's um, upcoming speech um, and some videos of this with him slow turning. It's almost like it's uh, almost it's <laughs> like what is he a Marvel supervillain or, or they're oh, yeah. trying to make him out to be a superhero? It's just kind of kind of strange. It is curious to see. I mean, I think in the past sometimes he's said things that are interesting, and sometimes these speeches can be a letdown. And we're going to find out Friday whether it's a whether, you know, is he talking about taking this to the next level or is he just going to what been advertised, which is basically honor those who've, um, the Hezbollah fighters who've, um, who've been killed, you know, mm-hmm. while fighting Israel. And Joe, you had mentioned they're going after communications towers. I also saw like observation posts, like, uh, like video you know, where they have cameras and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. People might be making fun of that, but might want to think a little closer about that they might want to think a little harder about that one um they may be looking to bring down israel's observation network on the border and and the ability Mm -hmm. to observe and communicate are key functions for a military to respond to a crisis and if hezbollah believes that it's taken down enough of the uh, border communication observation posts it might try to storm through so um i wouldn't um you know again i go back to october 7th didn't think, you know, that Hamas was able to keep an operation like this planned in secret with, you know, the communications wouldn't be listened to or operated, you know, or, the, or that uh, Israeli spies wouldn't penetrate their network. That didn't happen. Um, who would have thought they would have used hang gliders? And so you you have to watch what they're doing and certainly um, analyze why they're doing it and and try and understand why they're doing it. I suspect they're doing it for a reason or it could be low-hanging fruit or it could be both. Um but you know we'll, we'll find out in the days to come that's for sure. And Joe, um there's been another strike from Yemen. The Houthis or also known as Ansar Allah, it's uh briefly was designated by the United States as a foreign terrorist organization it runs much of northern yemen we've been talking about the 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 uh iran-backed militias this is one of the big ones it's the only militia that has its own ballistic missiles and cruise missiles and all the trappings of the state it controls the capital of Sanaa and much of northern yemen um so they launched a a couple what was it a i believe it was a ballistic missile a scud missile against Israel as well as several drones. And they were intercepted over the, um, I believe it was over the Red Sea. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So they, Houthis, yeah, they, uh, through their spokesperson, their military spokesperson, uh, names Yahya, I believe. Anyway. um, Yeah. So they claim that they fired uh, ballistic missiles, even published a video of it actually uh, earlier today. I think it was two ballistic missiles and drones. Uh, now the and they they've been at least the drones. Um, I can't recall. I think the, a ballistic missile as well. But pr- I'm sorry. Previously in the last few weeks, they've been trying. This isn't the first time, obviously. Um, so, but they've all either kind of. I mean, it's sad, but I mean they've 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 either hit Egypt and they've hit Jordan, but they haven't managed to hit Israel yet, right? And it's because I think this isn't. This isn't they they're not attacking Saudi Arabia, which is a heck of a lot closer than Israel. It's a lot more difficult for them to hit Israel compared to you know other battles that they've had, all right. So I think they're ha- they're having trouble and and the Israelis have very good missile defense systems and they have the uh, uh, Americans as well, the American military in uh, in the Red Sea. Uh, I mean, we talked about it before. There was a report uh, about a um, an American ship uh, downing drones and and maybe a ballistic missile. Yeah, know. they. I think it was
0: yeah. three or four cruise missiles as well. Right. That was so, the, that was the first salvo by. Right. Right. Um. By the Houthis. Yeah.
1: Right. So they're definitely trying. Right. Ah, uh, they have been unsuccessful so far. They're targeting from everything that I gather. They're targeting the southern. Uh, Israeli city of Elat, which sits right right at the in the Red Sea, right right in front there. So uh, that's their goal. And the thing is, a lot of people that were evacuated from the Israeli Kibbutzim, uh, the the communities along the Gaza Gaza Israel border, they're in Elat. So I mean, it's awful. They have to go through more more terror again. Uh, these 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 rockets being fired and these drones. So anyway, so definitely the Houthis are trying. You know, and one can make the argument that they're trying to drag Israel into you know into another uh, multi into they're trying to open up on another front, right? Because Israel's already fighting. Technically, you know, you could make the argument that they're fighting on four fronts. You can say, you know, obviously Gaza, the West Bank, uh, Lebanon, Syria at times, and now in the south with the Houthis. So uh, they're just trying to drag Israel in because the way I see it they're just trying to distract israel right this is what iran's trying to do distract israel with its proxies all right they want to drag israel into other fights so it can relieve pressure from hamas because hamas right now and the palestinian armed groups in gaza they're getting beat up all right and this is this is just the beginning so uh so yeah so i i completely expect more of these uh type of attacks uh from especially from the houthis uh as long as this you know this conflict drags out.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. The Houthis said, you know, they they came out and said we're going to do more of this. We're we're in this. Um, you know, right now it sort of looks like more of harassing fire than than a full fledged effort. The Houthis certainly have much more to launch. They may be probing the Israeli defenses as well as U.S. I believe the Saudis shot down one of the missiles as well as what I had heard via U.S. supplied Patriot battery. And um, but you know. One of the things they are achieving is, you know, as you noted, Joe, they're forcing the Israel Israelis to look south. They're forcing the Israelis to deploy um, weapons uh, systems there, air defense systems that could be, that probably be better used up north. Now, of course, the Israelis would have to have some type of coverage, but now they have to rethink it. And um, yeah, it's not a um, uh, look. The Houthis have a lot of capacity. They have more than one hundred thousand men under arms. Could they send a couple of thousand, you know, through Iraq to Lebanon or to Syria? That certainly is a possibility. But the fact that the Houthis want in on this, to me, and and potentially could have forced the U.S. to expand the war as well. Um, I think these militias are also trying to bait the U.S. into taking action as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I see that. Uh, we have to remember as well, this is the the houthis are part of the axis of resistance again the axis of resistance is this grouping of like-minded <laughs> armed groups of uh that are backed by iran so uh so it wouldn't surprise me to that if, if uh there are advisors of the irgc or hezbollah or hamas even uh in yemen right so it's it's definitely possible because i mean they cooperate with each other so I think that's a possibility here. And also a lot of this too is an element to the Houthis attempting these, these attacks is, is, is there's like a propaganda element to it because they're really like into it. That's saying, Oh, we attacked uh, the Zionist entity uh, in, in uh, to defend our brothers in Palestine. Right. So they, they're trying to uh, curry this, um, I don't know because they're riding a wave of, of, uh, a, a, a popularity right now since the October seventh attack, right? Because I mean, Hamas is a member of this uh, axis of resistance. So uh, yeah, so it's um, they're just trying to gain support. You know, that's uh, in part with uh, with what's happening here. So an element to all of this is, is is there is a propaganda element to it. So uh, but yeah, so we'll see. I, I do find it interesting that as of now, at least looking at reports that the Israelis haven't attacked. Uh, the Houthis, maybe they have. I don't know. Nobody knows about it. But I think what they're trying to do is they're the Israelis, at least, are managing, uh, kind of like they're doing in Lebanon. They're 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 just managing these fronts, right? They want to keep it below a threshold of an all-out war, all right? Because they're so concentrated in Gaza. So I think that's important here. So will they attack the Houthis? I think so. I think they would, but maybe not right now. Maybe they'll wait. You know. So uh, or maybe they will, but I think they definitely are very interested in keeping all the fronts as quiet as possible until they feel that they're ready to, you know, to to launch an attack. And this is especially
0: with Lebanon. But I think
1: the same thing is happening with uh, with the, the Houthis in Yemen.
0: Yeah, the Israelis would be, you know, it's a stretch for them to reach there. They certainly can do it, um, but it would require them to devote resources that are better used right now. For the immediate problem, which is in Gaza. And and you're right. Look, they want to put up that unified front. They want to try to show the world. Look, it's not just Israelis and Palestinians. It's Yemenis, It's Iraqis. It's Syrians. It's Lebanese. It's, you know, it's all of them. All of them are against uh, Israel. And that's that's certainly a strong message for them to put out. Uh two quick items, Joe, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, both on weapons systems. I saw you had a video posted of the IDF striking a surface-to-air, a Hezbollah surface-to-air missile team. Um, is this a new development? Has Hezbollah used surface-to-air missiles in previous conflicts, or is this um, just same old, same old?
1: Right. I think they've, this is the second time they've used it in this conflict that we know of. All right, and uh, I think there was some evidence that it was like an Iranian-supplied surface-to-air missile. I cannot tell you the name of it or the type, unfortunately. I'm not a weapons expert. Uh, However, I think um, what they're trying to do, as far as Hezbollah is concerned, is that. And Reuters talked about they had a report about this too, but um, because we talked about it too, Hezbollah is losing a lot of guys. A lot of a lot of their their members in the last few weeks it's almost i think it's like a, about 50 right now and this they, they haven't even really started fighting this is just uh you know tit for tat almost kind of thing and uh so anyway so it's a lot so i uh, and, uh the big problem why they're losing guys uh the fighters is that the uh, idf drones all right they're picking them off basically they're finding them so to mitigate that they're firing these surface-to-air missiles and some at least I know one of them I can't recall if, um there's more but at least one of them is a the surface-to-air missile was intercepted uh when it was fired at an IDF drone and I think I believe there was a state that was actual a statement made by the IDF so which is interesting so anyway so yeah I think what hezbollah is just trying to mitigate the losses of their uh of their fighters and of course they don't want drones overlooking what they're doing in southern uh southern lebanon so so yeah we're seeing a little bit of it i'm not saying it's not a lot at least according to reports and from what i know so uh so yeah but um you know they can these they have the, they definitely have the capability to attack uh like other, other than drones like helicopters uh, jets i mean so uh but we haven't at least according to reports seen that yet so it's not the so it's not super new but uh, we've we seen at least one example of it in this conflict.
0: And you had also posted up about a Hamas displaying a uh submarine drone. Uh is there any indication they've used one of these before? And again, is this a, is this same old same old or is this new technology for for Hamas?
1: Right. Um I think uh the they they, they published one video about it uh Yesterday, I think it was, um, and you could see on it, it's uh, it's called to- uh, Torpedo with a B instead of a P, uh, which is kind of funny. But I think it was a language thing, not 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 trying to poke too much fun. Uh, but then, um, but yeah. So, anyways, it's not the first time we've heard about this, actually. So, in 2021, the Israelis were able to take out a cell that was launching a uh, the submersible submersible vehicle. But there wasn't a lot of information about it okay uh, neither from hamas hamas usually says oh you know we've introduced a new weapon system and we've used it in the fight against you know, uh, the zionists uh and that's how they talk by the way I'm, I'm not making that up so um so anyway so but we didn't hear about that in 2021 they didn't make the, any statement about it. so but there was evidence that they were up to something right this type of uh this type of vehicle but now uh yesterday they did publish information about it so we we kind of knew it was it existed, but now they definitely acknowledged it uh does it work? I don't know. Have they made any claims that they've attacked successfully attacked a naval vessel or a uh Israeli gas drilling platform that's in the Mediterranean uh not that I'm aware of so I don't know how um if if this new uh torpedo i guess you could say or guided torpedo whatever you want to call it actually works but we know it exists at least
0: i think that these groups are you know flaunting a little bit of their hardware trying to get the israelis to think trying to keep them worried Um, you know remains to be seen it'll be interesting to see if they actually deploy one of these hopefully not joe thanks for joining us all right bill i appreciate
1: it as always we'll talk again and we'll see what uh we'll see what mothrallah says
0: I'm looking forward to that. I wonder if all of the theatrics over this are going to actually meet up with the expectations. So we'll see. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for today's episode. Just a reminder, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review, preferably a positive one, but only if we earned it. Thanks again, and we'll see you all again soon.